You are now listening to Theology Applied, a podcast of Eternal City Church, where theology walks the pavement. Welcome to another episode of Theology Applied. Today we'll wrestle with the flip side of faith, repentance. The act of repentance turns away from practicing and indulging sinful cravings to resting in God's saving grace and receiving forgiveness of sin based on Jesus Christ's life, death, burial, and resurrection in our place. another episode of Theology Applied, and we are continuing our study of soteriology, coming from Titus 2.11, for the grace of God has appeared, bringing soterios to all people. Logi being uh, a science or body of knowledge, um, or the study of. So soteriology is the study of salvation. We are specifically going through the Ordo Salutis, order of salvation, predestination, election, calling, regeneration, faith, repentance, justification, adoption, sanctification, perseverance, and glorification. Today we land on repentance. So we're going to talk about what is it to repent, uh, how does it work, and what should we do in light of repentance? What application can we make? The word repentance means a change of attitude and action from sin towards obedience to God. Repentance is a change of attitude and action from sin towards obedience to God. Now, there is a little bit of difference between the Old Testament word uh, for repentance and the New Testament word. So in 1 Kings 8, 47 to 48, Solomon's praying here at the dedication of the temple he constructed. And he says, if the people sin against God and are taken away to a foreign land, and then we pick up here, he says, if they turn, there's the word, turn their hearts in the land to which they have been carried captive and repent and plead with you, remember Solomon's praying to God here, and repent and plead with you in the land of their captors saying, we have sinned. We've acted perversely and wickedly if they repent with all their heart and with all their soul. And so the word there, turn, repent, repent, is the Hebrew word shub, shub. And it most clearly means repent. Um, It means to turn. It means to turn around and to go the opposite direction. So you're going one way, you turn, and you begin going the other way. In theological context, the implication is to turn from a road characterized by rebellion toward God to a road characterized by obedience. The emphasis is upon actions that necessarily proceed from turning one's orientation towards God. So the Hebrew word here basically means to return or to turn around and your actions go away from God towards God, away from God towards God. Now, in the New Testament, the Greek word is metanoe, uh, metanoe, oh, (laughs) so it's a strange word. And it, it comes from Mark 1, 15, which says, Jesus speaking and saying, the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand, repent, metanoeo, and believe in the gospel. Repent and believe in the gospel. Now, this word means to change one's mind. 
It also has the flavor of to feel remorse, to be converted. And so there's elements of both in the Hebrew and the Greek word here. Uh, John Frame in his systematic theology is very helpful. He says, as faith makes a personal commitment to Christ, repentance makes a personal commitment against sin. Now you remember, as we were going through the order, last time we did faith. And faith is a, a reliance upon, a trusting in. Well, repentance is the opposite of that coin. So to entrust yourself to Christ and to believe upon him, you are at the same time turning away from sin. You are turning from a path of rebellion and you are turning to God. And so if you have a heads and a tails of a coin, if one side is faith, then the other side has to be repentance. And John Frame opens that up here. He says, repentance and faith are inseparable. They are two sides of the same coin. You cannot turn from sin without turning to Christ or vice versa. Turning from sin points you in the direction of Christ. You don't turn or need to turn twice, only once. There's only one repentance from rebelling against God to faith in Christ, which saves. So faith and repentance are the same thing viewed positively and negatively. So the act of faith has in it inseparably the act of repentance. So they are viewed positively and negatively, faith and repentance. Neither exists before the other and neither exists without the other. Faith and repentance are two names for the same heart attitude. Now, we'll open up the, the order there in a minute because this is the Ordo Salutis. However, I wanted you to hear Frame there from his systematic theology talking about repentance. I love how he says faith and repentance are inseparable. Uh, not only that, but they are the same thing viewed both positively and negative, And they are two names, faith and repentance, for the same heart attitude. That's really helpful. Now, I want to open up for you here Acts 20. 20 and 21, Paul here is speaking to the Ephesian elders at Miletus, and he's about to go to Jerusalem, and he's about to be arrested, and he knows this. It's been prophesied already. So he says to these Ephesian elders, whom he loves and whom he has instructed, I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching you in public and from house to house, testifying to both Jews and Greeks of repentance towards God and of faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. Now here, the word is uh, a variation of metanoeo. It's metanoia. It's the same root. It means to change your mind or to turn about, to change your mind or to turn about. Notice though how Paul opens up this word. He says, testifying to both Jews and Greeks of repentance toward God. So you're turning toward God, away from sin, and of faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice he even uses the word toward God and what results is faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Matthew 3, 7 to 10, John the Baptist is here, 
and he is baptizing in the wilderness. He's preparing the way of Jesus. Well, some Pharisees and some Sadducees show up. Remember, they were part of the ruling religious body of the day. They represented uh, the Jewish religion. They represented the Sanhedrin, who were the you know the high court of the Jewish people under under Rome at the time. So John the Baptist sees the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and he says this to them. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, this is Matthew 3, 7 to 10, he said to them, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruit in keeping with repentance. Now that's what I want to open up there. Verse 8, bear fruit in keeping with repentance. Now you remember John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He was calling people to turn from sin and turn to God in preparation for the Messiah. But he says here, keep acting in a way that proves your repentance. You remember last episode, we James talked about, you say you have faith, And you say, all right, well, you have faith and you have works. James says, I'll show you my faith by my works. John the Baptist says here, keeping, acting in line with repentance. Verse 8, bear fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not presume, you can say to yourself, we have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children from Abraham. Even now the axe is laid at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So repentance here has action attached to it. It proves that it's real. It bears fruit. Or as James says, I will show you my faith by my works. And this is another uh, indication that faith and works Uh, or repentance or bearing fruit here is connected to faith. Repentance and faith are two sides of the same coin. Metanoia uh, means here, this is the word John the Baptist is using, metanoia for repent, bear fruit in keeping with repentance, metanoia, change in attitude towards sin that results in a change in lifestyle. So you are changing your mind, but you're also changing the direction. It's changing attitude towards sin that results in a change in lifestyle. So action is always connected here with repentance. It's not just intellectual. We're not just changing our mind. It actually reorients you and you begin to bear fruit in keeping with repentance. You begin to act differently. Now, repentance is a gift. Now, this is good news, friends. Repentance is a gift. It's not a work that we perform on our own, which then earns us salvation. We get this most clearly from 2 Timothy 2, 23 to 26. Paul, speaking to Timothy here, says, Have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies. You know that they breed quarrels. And the Lord's servant, the word servant there is doulos, which means slave. The Lord's slave must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone. Now, Paul's going to unpack the attitude of the Lord's servant, the, the Lord's slave. Be kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. And then listen to 26 here. 
25. God may perhaps grant them repentance. That means give, grant, give. He may grant them repentance. And what will the repentance do? Leading to a knowledge of the truth. Now, the way he phrases this here, knowledge of the truth, means turning away from error and turning to truth, which leads to salvation. Now, how do you know that? Because the next verse, and they may come to their senses, which means to sober up, to become self-controlled and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. So this granting of repentance enables a coming to a knowledge of truth. You turn these ones, turn from their false beliefs, their false uh, arguments here, these foolish controversies, and they are given repentance, the ability to turn, and it enables them to escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. So the, re- the repentance here results in uh, changing of mind, changing of heart and attitude, and an escape from the devil's grip, the devil's snare. And, it, and that looks like them waking up or sobering up or coming to their senses. So the, the point of this text here is that repentance is a gift that God grants. Our responsibility as those who would uh, be the servant of the Lord, our responsibility is to be kind to everyone, be able to teach, patiently endure evil, correcting opponents with gentleness. That's our aim. That's our responsibility. God's responsibility for the person is to grant them repentance. They see their error. They change their mind. They change direction and they sober up. They awaken out of their, if you will, drunken stupor. They are self-controlled now. And what happens from that is they escape from the snare of the devil who has captured them to do as well. This is what Ephesians 2 says about those who are dead in sin. We all lived among them at one time, Paul says to the Ephesians. Now, one more text here. Acts chapter 2, 37 to 41. The context here is Peter is preaching the first sermon at Pentecost. And he goes through a bunch of prophecies, points to Jesus, tells the crowd who have, who have gathered for the uh, Pentecost celebration 50 days after Passover. And he preaches the gospel and says that Jesus is the Messiah crucified, but God raised him from the dead. Well, those who hear this sermon of Peter's after they hear the speaking in tongues in their own languages, all the people from different nations hear the word of God in their own language. They realize this is a miracle. They gather, Peter preaches a gospel sermon and they respond. Now listen to the response. Acts 2.37. Now, when they heard this, Peter's sermon is the this, they were cut to the heart. God moved on their hearts and they were agitated. They were convicted. They felt guilty. They felt arrested. And this is the power of the Holy Spirit. And they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? What action should we take because of this guilt and this burden that we now feel? What should we do? And Peter said to them, repent, (laughs) repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, notice, he didn't say, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. 
Although Paul says that later to the Philippian jailer. You see here, sometimes it's faith that is said that we must have. Sometimes it's repentance. Jesus often says in the gospels, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. So the two, again, are connected. That's the point here. When there is repentance, there is faith. And when there is genuine faith, there is repentance. You can't have one without the other. So Peter says to these convicted Jewish people from all these other nations, he says, repent and then be baptized to evidence or a sign of your inward faith and repentance. Get baptized, repent and be baptized. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promises for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. We did a a podcast on calling earlier. Remember, only those who are called are the ones who are regenerate. Only those who are regenerate can exercise faith. And then those who are exercising faith must also exercise repentance. And so he says, this promise is for anyone who God calls, who God effectually reaches in and regenerates, causes regeneration. And then he says this in verse 40, and with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them saying, save yourselves from this crooked generation. Those who received his word. Okay. So they received the gospel there. They had faith. They repented. Those who received the word were baptized. Now, that's how we know that the repentance and the faith were exercised because they were baptized. So the the phrase here is those who received the word, a.k.a. had faith and repented. Those who received the gospel, they believed, they had faith, they repented, they were baptized. And there were added that day about 3,000 souls. So 3,000 people that day God called. It regenerated, caused them to be born again. They exercised faith. They exercised repentance. Now, John Piper is a a theologian, uh, author, fantastic um, writer. He has a book called Finally Alive, which I recommended in the Regeneration podcast. I want to take a little portion from that and kind of open it up here when we think about uh, regeneration, faith, and repentance. And in our order, that is the order. Regeneration, then faith, then repentance. John Piper here says this, the spirit of God supernaturally gives us super, uh, I'm sorry, the spirit of God supernaturally gives us new spiritual life by connecting us with Jesus Christ through faith. Okay. So the, the supernatural life, if you will, the spiritual life comes by connecting us with Jesus Christ through faith. The new spiritual life that we receive in the new birth is not separate from union with Jesus. It is not separate from faith. When God in the riches of his mercy and the greatness of his love and the sovereignty of his grace chooses to regenerate us, he gives us new life by uniting us to Christ. Quote, God gave us eternal life and this life is in his son, 1 John 5, 11. Our first experience of this is the faith in Jesus that this life brings. So the first experience of the regenerate person is the faith in Jesus. 
There is no separation of time here. When we are born again, we believe. When we believe, we know we have been born again. And then he gives this helpful illustration here. He says, when there is fire, there is heat. When there is new birth, there is faith. Now, using Piper's illustration here, I want to talk about our order. Because remember, John Frame earlier said that there is no order to faith and repentance. Though in our order, we have regeneration, then faith, then repentance. So what do we make of this here? Well, if fire causes heat and light, which it does, then the regeneration causes faith and repentance. Now, think about this. When there is fire, how long then does it take before there is heat and light? I mean, there's no time difference that we can perceive. There's just instantaneously fire and then accompanying the fire is instantaneous heat and light. And so I think that's helpful as we think about order here. The regeneration causes the faith and the repentance just like the fire causes the heat and the light. However, in in a matter of time, which comes first? Well, as soon as you have fire, you have heat and light. As soon as you have a new birth or regeneration, you have faith and repentance. But the faith and repentance are not causing the regeneration. The regeneration is the cause of the faith and repentance. Does that make sense? Okay, good. So let's make some application here and let's end this episode. Application. We personally act out the turning from sin. So even though 2 Timothy 2, 24 and 25 says that the repentance is a gift from God, which it is, we act it out. We are the ones whose mind is changed. We are the one who turn away from sin to God and start moving towards him. We are the ones who feel the remorse over our sin. We are the ones who are sobered up to our sin and to the reality of it and to the reality of God's displeasure or wrath towards our sin. We are the ones who realize that God is angry at us because of our sins. We are the ones who realize that we need Jesus in order to be forgiven. All this happens to us. So we are the ones who act out the turning from sin to God. That's important. Yes, it's a gift. Yes, it's granted to us. But we are the ones who actually in time and space act out the repentance. It happens to us, but we live it out. It dawns upon us the reality of our sin, the reality of God's holiness, the reality of the danger that we're in. We feel the real guilt and shame and remorse over our sin. We really grieve the sin and we really then turn from it, from light, I'm sorry, from darkness to light. We turn to God. We act this all out. It's our mind that changes about our sin against God and others. It's our grief over sin that causes us to turn to God for forgiveness through Jesus, life, death, burial, and resurrection. Okay, so we act out the repentance. That's important. This repentance, number two, is a gift and not a work that we are rewarded salvation for. Okay, so think about this. It's not that we repent and then God sees our repentance and says, okay, now I give you salvation because of grounded in your repentance. That's not how this works. 
We saw earlier, repentance is a gift. Repentance is necessary for salvation, but it's not the ground for salvation. Repentance is necessary. It has to happen. There is no salvation without repentance. However, repentance doesn't save us. It's Jesus that saves us. It's his living perfectly in our place. It's him going to the cross and dying a brutal death for our sins. It's him being buried and God by the spirit raising him from the dead. It's our resting in that, in Jesus, the person and work of Jesus. That is what saves us. The repentance does not save us. So we must not trust in our repentance. We must not trust in our faith. We trust in Christ. However, what results from trust in Christ is turning from sin. Okay, we must always remember that though we work out the repentance, it is God working the repentance in us as a gift. Number three, Again, we do not trust in our repentance. No, our repentance does not save us. Only Jesus does. Please don't get it twisted. Don't have faith in your faith. Don't have faith in your repentance. Your faith lands in the person and work of Christ alone. He is the savior, not your repentance. If you are trusting in your repentance, then it's self-salvation. Why am I saved? because I've repented of my sin. Well, that's it. That's, that means that your faith is being placed in a boomerang way in yourself and your ability to turn from your sin, which is actually a works salvation. Let's get it right. Number four, remember that faith and repentance are two sides of the same coin and you can't have one without the other. Friends, there is in our 2021 context here, uh, the idea that You can just have belief and there's no change that needs to result in your life. And the truth is, you can't have real faith without a changed life because real faith necessitates a changed life. And this is all the work of God in us. If the Spirit of God comes to take up residence inside of you, He will begin to express His life through you. Now, we will talk about that more when we get to sanctification. We'll even get to some practicalities on how to uh, aid, if you will, how to work with the Spirit uh, in sanctification, how to give ourselves over to walking by the Spirit, as Galatians 5 would tell us to do. But that's another podcast. So for now, let's finish it here with faith and repentance are simultaneously the same act, yet They are two sides of the same coin. When we have faith in Jesus, we must turn from sin in order to turn to Jesus. See you next time.